0: Following is a member of the Growler Media Podcast Network. Find out more at growlermedia.com.
1: Ming's not unbeatable. With all his men, he couldn't even kill Flash. Gordon's alive.
2: Hi, this is Eric with another family member. This time it's my dad who has a very interesting take on a line of dialogue by Ming in this minute. What is your favorite line of dialogue from Flash Gordon?
1: Send down a shuttle.
2: Now, why, when Ming says, send down a shuttle, is that your favorite line?
1: Well, obviously, it's the way he says the word shuttle, which I find very funny. But the other thing is that Ming has so much power that he could just say at the snap of a finger, send down a shuttle, and it sort of implies that he's got a... a a fleet of like 25 shuttles that at a moment's notice he could have one sent down for his own personal use. And I think that's really an important part of the movie, that this guy is so all-powerful. But just to add an addendum onto it, in Darth Vader, The Empire Strikes Back says, Send me my shuttle. It's
2: bring my shuttle.
1: Bring my shuttle, okay? Now, I know there may not be a connection between the two movies... But to me, it shows that the evil person in each movie, Darth Vader versus Ming, Ming is all more powerful because Darth Vader says, send my shuttle, which implies he has one shuttle, but one shuttle only. Ming says, send down a shuttle. He's got a whole fleet. And one final question.
2: Whenever over the last 35 years, uh, we've been together in anything involving anything that's a shuttle, not even necessarily the movie, How do you pronounce the word shuttle? Shuttle. Welcome
3: to
0: Flash
3: Gordon Minute, presenting your hosts from Minute of Darkness
0: and the Cosmic Geppetto podcast, Brad, and introducing your intrepid explorer of planet Mongo, Eric.
4: We're at minute 80 of Flash Gordon. Eric, how are you tonight?
2: Brad, I surrender! Please don't destroy me! Eh, yeah, we'll see.
4: I feel like you've already been destroyed this week just from the loss of Clytus
2: <laughs>
4: But someone who isn't destroyed, who's ready to go, who's actually going to be recording another damn podcast after we're done this, uh, who, who was our guest this evening?
2: One more go around here in the Flash Gordon Minute studios, we have Kevin Young from Reopening the Wormhole.
3: Hey guys, I'm so glad to be back for Minute 80. And yeah, I'm going to be doing Reopening the Wormhole right after this. And I... I'm psyched to have I wa- two different podcasts to do tonight. <laughs>
2: no, I want to call something out because Deep Space Nine, which is uh, what your guys' podcast is about, was the Star Trek show that was the most, like, serialized, you know, with, 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 with continuity, with, you know, really storylines flowing over, you know, very long periods of time. Yep. But you guys do your show with the episodes completely chosen at random, completely out of order, though.
3: <laughs> yep. Uh, and so yeah yeah,
2: tell us about that
3: (laughs) (laughs) yeah it it makes for a weird watch i think it actually it helps what i've learned after doing it for two and a half years is that it kind of has helped me uh, separate the episodes that are all kind of story driven into their own little things so like i know what each episode is on its own better than i ever would have we got the idea from this other podcast called Back to the Island, where they are watching Lost, every Lost episode in random order and we're like, Well if they can do that with Lost, which is like the most serialized show ever, then we can do it with our with with Deep Space Nine. So it it's been a blast. It's been fun learning experience and I think I, I encourage anyone to go listen to it. It's my pride and joy.
4: Yeah, we definitely think people should be checking it out. You guys are doing great work. You, you and the Stolvolds, uh, who are great guys. Uh, we had so much fun. Oh, they're the best. Yeah, we had so much fun oh, with yeah. uh, when they were on. Um. So, all right, so so Eric, we're at minute eighty. What happens in this minute?
2: Well, uh, we pick up uh, Ming's ship uh, is outside. Uh, obviously, word somehow, I'm not sure how, maybe there's a, a spy among the Hawkmen, has gotten to Ming, who personally is coming to the Hawkmen city uh, to deal with the aftermath of Clytus' uh, death. And Zarkov has got a great plan to save their lives and prevent Ming from blowing them up. He's going to wave the white surrender flag. And somehow, incredibly enough, it works.
4: So much stupid stuff these guys do works. <laughs> Damn it! This shouldn't. Just on principle, they should get blown up every now and then.
2: When Clydes came here, he said, "Zarkov, you're going to be liquidated. Baron, you're under arrest." So now that they've killed Clydes, Zarkov should be liquidated even more, and Baron should be even under more arrest. But oh, he waves a white flag, so Ming decides, "Nah, you know what? Uh, let's not kill him."
3: So that kind of opens up a question that I had while watching this movie: um, is that so at this point, they definitely know that Zarkov is not under the thrall that they thought he was under. He's not like actually. They know at this point that he's not under their control. Correct. So do they ever th- address that on screen? I was like unsure because no. I must have. Okay, okay. So they, yeah, that was that's why I was like, so maybe they believe him waving the white flag because they think he's still under their command and he's like saying hey come pick us up or something (laughs) but i i really have no idea because i was unsure of where they stood on that
2: unless uh brad don't they um when let me think about this now dale tells zarkov okay flash isn't dead he spoke to me via telepathy and zarkov appears to be under control like okay come with me let's go and then they're on the sled and that's when Zarkov tells Dale oh I'm actually okay I was listening, reciting Shakespeare and the Beatles Does I'm trying to remember back now do, do Clitus and Kala when they're spying on them they're not spying on them once they're away on the rocket ship are they?
4: I want to say I'm, 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 I believe I remember that there was some report from Clitus to Ming and I believe it included uh, like the reveal that they knew like Clayton obviously knew that Zarkov was uh, never on their side. I think he shared that. I think even if, it, but even if it wasn't explicitly stated, I think you can safely assume that Ming knows. Ming seems to be pretty on the ball about the goings ons Even if it wasn't expi- explicitly stated that Ming seems like, oh yeah, I know he was. You know, I, I I I'm on the up and up. I know what's going on. You can assume that. You know, there was some report made. Uh, Yeah, it seems like a guy who really wants to. He seems like a hands-on manager.
3: Hmm.
4: You know, I I don't think he's allowing too many people go off the leash. But yeah, it's a good question. And if it was stated, it definitely was in passing. And almost like if you're not going to, it's one of those things where. you could easily see the scene where he, Ming finds out, just being put on the cutting room floor, because you don't need it. And this is a movie that moves well, because they're not—they don't get too uh, too involved with the the, the, the unnecessary nitty gritty.
3: To me, like when I was watching, I watched the whole thing last night, and my thought process was like when uh, Zarkov and Dale were traveling traveling away from Ming's on the sled thingy, I thought like is this supposed to be, like, a, like, question mark? Like, is he really under their thrall, or is he not? And that was my thought process. Was like, the whole movie, I was waiting to see, like, is he going to reveal that he actually is still under Ming's control, or is that, is that, because I, I, I honestly didn't know. I was like, are they hinting at this, or no? So when he was waving the flag, I thought maybe this is the part where Zarkov reveals that he actually is still working for uh, Clytus and Ming and, uh, It turns out that he was telling the truth when he said, "Like, yeah, I I thought about Einstein and stuff to keep myself sane," and I thought maybe he was just saying that, you know.
2: That would have been an incredible twist if uh, it turns out he was still under my control, and that was revealed now with, uh, and they would like Mink comes down and it's like, "Yeah, I knew you guys were here because I just got this communique from Zarkov."
3: Yeah, that's kind of what I was thinking. But I guess it turns out that now that everything's, I, I should I should have known to just take everything in this movie at face value. Not, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah,
2: not not Flash Gordon is not a subtle. No, no.
4: well, and, and you know what's funny? It, it also would have worked. The logic would have held up pretty well, I, I think. Where it would have made sense, Zarkov taking Dale, trying to convince her that he was, you know, not brainwashed the whole time. While still, because often when you have those, there's a mole or the, you know, the, the someone's, you know, secretly a double agent, often the logic doesn't hold up if you watch it too close. The the show 24, the Kiefer Sutherland TV show, where every season there was, it, it became a joke, it's like, who's the mole this season? The logic rarely held up if you, like, did a second watch of a season, it's like, that doesn't make sense. They were That person was obviously not a bad guy the first half of the season, and they just decided to change that character because they needed to surprise the audience. But, you know, Zarkov would have, I think, held up pretty well. But, no, nah, they weren't doing that. They, 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 he, he was just a good guy. The Beatles music is too powerful.
0: <laughs> yeah,
3: <laughs> he's a good guy who still will hold people at gunpoint to get his way. He's not a great guy.
4: He's just a good guy.
3: He's like a decent guy.
2: He he's 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 an ends justify the means guy. He he's holding him at gunpoint because he's trying to force them to save the earth, you know?
3: Yeah, for sure.
2: The needs of the many outweigh the needs of the one.
3: Yes, to quote Wrath of Khan. Exactly. <laughs> yep. I also there's a part where like Ming is talking about um what they should do when he sees uh, Zarkov waving the flag, and his, like, helper guy says, Blast them? In this, like, really, really nonchalant, just, like, bored way, just like, I don't know, blast them? (laughs) And I just thought his delivery of that line was really funny. It
4: would have been awesome if he'd been a little more desperate. Like, can we please just blast them? (laughs) You've been toying with these guys for a while. The entire movie... Clydes just got to like run through with like twelve spikes. Just, just stop letting these guys stay in the race. Let's, just, come, please, pretty please. It's like no, no. I want to make. He, he, he's still playing. Ming is still playing with these guys, and it's. uh... I don't know, listeners.
2: I think this may not work out in Ming's favor. <laughs> I have well, a you know you're what? Right. Think think back to the first minute of the movie. He likes to play with things a while before annihilation, right? Yeah, he does. It, he's
4: his character is consistent. Just not as bright as he thinks he is.
3: Yeah. I mean, it rings true that he wants to keep Flash around to kind of, you know, control him, but obviously it's a stupid move.
4: <laughs> well, and then what's interesting is you, you follow that up where, he, you know, he, he's going to take the others on board, but leave Flash there, and he has plans. And then uh, we. it Smash cuts to There's Mangle, all, you know, with Flash, and the two of them are alone. And first, it strikes me as. This was certain called out in the last minute where they didn't want to show the Hawkman taking off. They didn't want to show Ming landing either. They just put him on there. Uh, and that's... Uh, I don't know. Apparently they just didn't have the budget or they didn't have the time to have a big entrance. And Ming so deserves a big entrance. Um, I don't know if they didn't want to repeat that because they gave Klytus a really cool entrance just a few minutes ago. And, Eric, I want to see if you also caught ming doing a lot more hand stuff as well
2: uh yeah uh let's let's we can jump ahead to that part of the minute we'll get back to this stuff later he's got one of his best finger flexes of the movie here he stretches his arms out wide finger flex and rubs his hands together afterwards very theatrical
4: ming has been doing this the entire movie um he he just a lot of hand stuff uh so what, what else? Uh, what did I skip over, Eric? What did I skip over?
2: Well, uh, as we said, Clydes d- d- did not make a good decision coming to Hawkman City with no one. Ming at least brings two guards with him as he lands. I, I still think that seems a little light, but all right, two is better than nothing. But Ming is making the same mistake that Clydes made, though. Now, it's not going to come back to hurt Ming, but his shuttle leaves also. Just like Clitus' shuttle leaves. So once again, now Clitus has been killed. The the complacency uh, of the rulers here should not be there anymore. But Ming has just two guys with him. His shuttle leaves, so there's no backup, and he's confident that Flash isn't going to try to kill him right there on the spot. I guess.
4: Uh, yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's just, just. Dumb bad guys in this movie, and you know Ming is the least dumb of them. But still, he's uh, he's taking a lot for granted, and he, uh, I'm just completely shocked. Still, every time I watch this, is like he keeps these everyone else in in the fight, and uh, he he could have ended this. He could have ended this. This could have been a short movie. This really, this could have just been a preview that they never bothered making the movie of. It's like. Uh, when when they were in the shuttle or or in the spacecraft, it's like, uh, should we bring it down? It's like, no, just blow it up. Blow it up. We we don't... (laughs) No. We're good. I have other things to keep me busy. There's cat videos on YouTube. We're good.
3: Yeah, it seems like at some point, like, it's... In that respect, it's amazing that he has survived this long, that there hasn't been somebody else who's come along and, like, used his, like, assuredness to his disadvantage to, like, you know... Obviously, he thinks that he can just toy with everybody as much as he wants before killing them. And I don't know with that attitude how he has even survived as long as he has. You know? You think
4: there could have been a quarterback from a better team who
3: already took Ming out. <laughs> exactly, yes. So, like John Elway type or something. Yeah. It's like,
2: uh, who is it? It's Russell Wilson. It's like, no, no, oh, no. <laughs> well, Prince Thun did try it, but Ming had the psycho flying death orb there to uh, help him escape that. He has no. Psycho-Flying Death Orb with him here.
3: You gotta bring your Psycho-Flying Death Orb with you everywhere yeah. you go. Why hasn't he learned that yet?
2: He's just got two of his moron soldiers with him. Yeah, the soldiers that got really distracted by uh,
4: Dale's handsprings. It's like, eh, I don't know. I don't know what to do. Do you? Oh, oh where, where's that now? Uh, all right, what, what, uh, what else? Uh, so, so Ming's offering deals. How do we feel about this? Is, does this ring true? and why is he again why why would he even want ming i mean why would Ming even want flash to be part of his uh inner circle or or uh, one of these uh sub rulers
2: yeah the 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 bulk of this unfortunately I offered you a kingdom and so the the rationale for it uh we'll have to get into next week but um the, the conversation just, it just starts out odd. He's just, you know, Mink says, you want to destroy me. And Flesh says, I have to. And it's just, you know, I, I, <laughs> should I, can that, should, Brad, is that marked down as uh, the next uh, lazy script writing piece there? It should, yeah. It's. Okay.
4: I wonder if they just wanted to have another scene with Sidal and uh, Sam Jones together, because um, actually, if not for this scene, you wouldn't, you really wouldn't see them again in the movie together.
2: That's true. They were they're in the beginning and then at the end and yeah, is this, this yeah? This is the only time in the whole middle after his execution. This is the they haven't seen each other since the execution scene.
3: It's the only scene between just the two of them. Am I right about that?
2: Yeah. Yeah. Yes, except for the like technically the very end. I mean, they're not alone in the room, but they're alone talking to each other. But other than that, yeah.
3: Right. Yeah. So I mean, it's cool in that respect. But yeah, I, I agreed that I was thinking the whole time like. Uh, in a, if this this would seem ludicrous in another movie, and but in this movie, I was like, okay, I, I buy this. This you know this fits right in with what I have come to expect from this movie at this point. <laughs> but in something else, I would have been like, this is insane. Nobody would ever fall for this dumb deal, and he wouldn't even make this stupid deal. He would just kill him right there. But for this movie, I was like, yeah, okay, no, <laughs> I buy it. It Makes sense. It's Flash Gordon. Well,
4: it has to show, and it's a great chance to show. Uh, how much of a stand-up guy Flash is. And we'll get deeper into it next week. But he doesn't even look tempted. It's like, there's no way you could think this is winning. Flash wouldn't even think about it. Um, Which, on one hand, hurts the tension of the scene. Because, you know, obviously the answer is no. But it's just, again, what makes Flash special, aside from the fact that he's a tough guy, but it's the fact that he's a good guy. And he 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 morally stands up for what is right, and uh, that's something that it doesn't seem like anybody on Mongo knows how to deal with and of course, Ming doesn't get it or and is would still offer it even though this is the the person you cannot buy and who wouldn't be interested in it so there's value one thing that i and I've seen this movie so many times, but something that really popped out for me is you have all the overturned chairs and everything, and it's like, it looked like chess pieces thrown around. And I gotta imagine that was on purpose to to give that look. And it was also great because this is a cerebral scene, and they are playing chess a little bit. And it's a great uh, little bit of set design. It's something that you don't really even consciously notice until if you do this one, this minute, where, okay, there's just two people, everything's knocked over and it really does have that look and it it gives a chessboard feel to everything. Yeah,
2: Yeah. I agree. Yeah, and the the one problem I have with the set design of this scene is that the last wide shot of Hawkman City, there was nothing in disarray and all the Hawkmen had already essentially evacuated. It kind of comes across that they filmed the scene, came back the next day to film this scene, and were like, oh, we got to look like, you know, the Hawkmen took off and knocked everything down which, A, doesn't make any sense, because why would the Hawkmen destroy their own city when they're evacuating, but, B, it's not what the city looked like the last time we saw it. So how exactly did this state occur?
3: It's probably just Flash, you know, wanted to go around and, like, say, I gotta make this place look messier for me because I hate him so much.
2: Or it could just be
4: him going around seeing what he could use as a parachute. He's like, no, this chair, it won't be a parachute.
3: (laughs) Better throw it across the room. (laughs) Yeah, totally.
4: Yeah, a lot of uh, of overturned chairs and the messiness. Uh, The look works, but the logic behind it doesn't. But I guess they weren't expecting... When they made this movie in 79, they just didn't take into consideration the podcasting world uh, descending upon them. So there's a sort of (laughs) lack of foresight from them.
3: Yeah, they really dropped the ball there.
4: (laughs) Uh, Eric, what else do we have in minute 80? Well,
2: speaking of dropping the ball, so uh, Ming has a sword um, in a scabbard here hanging uh, off of his waist, and I know in the old comic strips, uh, it's, it, there, there's a, a shot in the opening credits that shows uh, a panel from the old comic strips of Flash and Ming having a sword fight, and there's the famous thing done in, in, in theater, uh, Chekhov's gun, if you show a gun in the first act, you gotta use it in the third act. And so this is kind of Chekhov's sword here, and they, but they, it's never used. Um, the sword Ming uses to kill Prince Thun in the beginning is Prince Thun's own sword. He grabs it out of his hand and stabs him with it. We never see that sword again. Uh, and so it's just it's it's interesting, and I'll get more into this during Flash and Ming's final battle. But that the sword fighting was a part of the original comic strip. Ming's got this sword here, and that's it. It's just, it's never put in play.
4: Yeah, Ming um, looks ready for a fight. He looks ready for battle. And on one hand, I'm trying to think how that would look. Do, do we believe Max, Max von out as a worthy physical opponent for Sam Jones? Now, on one hand, he towers over him, and he's definitely an impressive presence, but he's not presented as a physical guy. He, he, he up until this, at no point in the movie do we get a, I feel like people are scared of him because he, he's going to beat him up. They're scared of him because he's ruthless, he's cunning, and he—he's always a couple steps ahead. Um, but it, it, I think it would look cool if the, it could have worked if there was a scene where Ming showing some adeptness with the sword, and there's Flash later holding a sword, but obviously looking like he never picked one up before. But you're right. If if you're not going to use it. Just get rid of the sword. You don't really need something ceremonial at this point because it could lead to different expectations. Right. Kevin, when you saw that, did, did you get a similar sense? It's like, oh, is that why doesn't that play in? You're
3: talking about the sword? Yeah. It honestly, it didn't even occur to me. Um, I was just rewatching the scene just now, and it looks, uh, I think I just didn't even notice it. I was kind of just wrapped up in the dialogue in this scene and thinking like, why are they even bothering because there's no way flash is going to take this deal this is just you know like what are they trying to accomplish with this scene but yeah i did not think about the sword ever during this movie i just thought like ming has a particular look and that's just what he looks like all the time
2: Fair enough. Fair enough. i just want to uh, uh call out though that uh, my flash uh gordon movie funko pop collection has grown by one uh I, I already had Clytus before we started recording. I got Voltan during recording, and now the other day I was at my local comic book store with my wife and kids, and uh, we left the store, and I, I saw my wife was holding a bag, and she said, we have a surprise for you when you weren't looking. My wife and kids bought the Flash Funko Pop for me as a surprise. Oh, uh, he's, he's holding the green football egg. He's got his Flash T-shirt on. So I only need Ming now to complete the Flash Gordon Funko Pop set.
4: So that's the only four they have? They have Flash, Ming, Clytus, and, uh, um, and, and
2: Voltan? 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 Yep. Ah, yep.
0: No,
3: no Dale?
2: Poor Dale. <laughs> no Dale, no Aura in her, you know, uh, first appearance uh, skimpy outfit either.
3: Yeah, that'd be great, Funko Pop. That'd be interesting. But,
4: uh, <laughs> all
2: right, very good. Well,
4: congratulations. And that's (laughs) a good family. That's a great family. Yeah. Yeah, it's awesome. Apparently that happened on a day when you didn't make weird jokes about eating animal (laughs) dogs.
2: It was actually after after I had taken everyone to see Ant-Man and the Wasp, so I guess they were feeling generous that I had uh, just taken them all to that. Nice. Very good.
4: All right. Well, uh, congratulations on the addition uh, to to, (laughs) to your Flash family. And uh, Kevin, this has been an amazing week. We've had a ton of fun with you. Uh, Can you share where people can find out more about uh, Reopening the Wormhole?
3: Uh, Yeah, come find us, Reopening the Wormhole. uh, We're on Twitter at DS9Podcast. We're on Facebook, on Instagram. Come find us, and most of all, come subscribe to us on iTunes. Give us a good rating. I think we're the best D Space 9 show out there. We certainly put a lot of effort into it and write a lot of original music and put out two-and-a-half-hour episodes regularly. So come listen to it if you're a Star Trek fan. You will love it.
2: Yes, as a former guest, uh, the three of them spend a lot of they they, they a lot of time preparing. They uh, you can see the effort these guys put into their show.
3: It's a passion project. And by the way, Eric, your episode as of this recording is coming out this coming Tuesday.
2: Oh, oh, oh. Awesome.
3: or it's due out this coming Tuesday, and hopefully it'll be on time. That's up to the editor, which is not me. <laughs>
2: so by the time friendly listeners you hear this it will be out
3: yes it will be out by then yeah
2: all right I recommend everyone check that out and uh eric where
4: can people find out more about flash gordon minute
2: you can chat with us on facebook in our listeners page the flash gordon minute listeners vortex on twitter flash gordon pod uh and email flash gordon minute at gmail.com and of course we are one of 90 something movies by minute podcasts out there go to movies by minute.com check out what they've got on there there's most likely a number of movies that you love that are being given the movies by minute treatment and we all do it thanks to the originators and popularizers the star wars minute guys
4: yeah this is uh their brainchild and they were so uh, generous allowing everyone else to sort of hop on that ba- particular bandwagon uh wouldn't be the same without them we have we have some Star Wars Minutes guys in the coming weeks that are going to be joining us. Alex Robinson and Pete uh, Bonavita? Yes, they, they will be future guests. Yep. Awesome. Yeah, that's really exciting. So sort of the granddaddy of them all, and we're uh, really looking forward to that. But, uh, you know, Kevin, this has been a fantastic week. Thank you so much for, uh, for spending it with us. Oh, absolutely. Ah, well, and Eric, uh, as always, thank you for, uh, for being the engine that, that drives this podcast. Uh, this was your idea uh, and um, have so much fun being part of it. So uh, so thank you again for another fun-filled week.
2: Well, if I'm the engine, then I thank you for the gas. <laughs>
4: <laughs> yes, there we are. Brad is gas. All right, so uh, I'm feeling great. It was a Fun week. Uh, I'm just dog tired because it's been a this has been a marathon recording, but uh, I'm really excited. This turned out great, but uh. Yeah, I, uh, I, I do have a worry about myself, Eric. Oh. I just um, came back from a vacation with the family. We were in uh, Lewes, Delaware, uh, a little north of Rehoboth, and we had a great time at the beach. And uh, to keep, keeping the kids happy, we found a pop rock, uh, a pop radio station playing the uh, pop hits of the eighties, nineties, uh, and up to today. And they had a lot of a lot of like you know music just recently out. And uh, I haven't listened to new music in a long time. Uh, because I'm a bit of a music snob. But I'll tell you what, some of the songs were surprisingly good. And I liked way more than I had any business. And I'm just worried that, uh, like, enjoying... And I don't even know the names of these people. Uh, I, I hope none of it was Bieber, but maybe it could have been Bieber. Um, but, you know, if me liking sort of a cutesy song uh, on the, the pop hit station, am, am I losing... My old man music snob card?
0: Oh,
2: you know, if, uh, if, if you feel that you are uh, losing that old man snob card, uh, I would say don't worry. Shake, 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 shake it off, and Flash will save every one of us.
0: Thank you for listening. Join us next week as Emperor Ming tries to recruit Flash Gordon to his side. Will
3: our hero betray us? Find out, along with our guest, comedian Joseph Scrimshaw, from the Obsessed podcast. Incredible adventures await you here on Flash Gordon Minute.
0: Take a seat. Right over there, sat on the stairs, stay or leave. And it's not a